with Aaron, Polly, and Andrew. <laughs> I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And I am Andrew. I, you know, for some reason, I almost had a Wayne pop out. So, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> pop that thing back in. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's like a hernia. You just got to shove it back in. Uh, you were so loud in that introduction that, like, my my recording, like, went uh, Max Hedrum for a second there. I'm very sorry. I didn't mean What's to be so loud. Would you like me to do it over again? And I can do it. I and know. I think it's good. I mean, I think Something the people like, got what they wanted. I can give it an NPR sort of opening. Hello and welcome to Funny Books with uh, Aaron, Polly, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Go ahead, Polly. You're supposed to say something. It's all going to level eight to the same volume anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, uh, as they say, Funny Books is for lovers. Uh, well, Valentine's. People say that all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you will find that any number of children have been sired listening to funny books. It's true. It's true. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, zero is any number, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. You guys got any big plans? Not with each other, but, you know. Uh, oh, well, then no. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. It's yeah, on I mean, a- we're just going out for a nice dinner. I mean, it's on a Tuesday, so uh, we're not doing anything on actual Valentine's Day this year. We'll probably uh, we're planning on doing something the weekend after. Gotcha, gotcha. How about yourself, Aaron? What what are you and the lovely wife doing for Valentine's Day this year? Well, we have a standing rule that number one, Valentine's Day is a bogus made-up greeting card holiday. Mm. Uh, mm. Two, we don't dine out on Valentine's Day because, you know, it's ridiculous out there. Crazy yeah. people. So we'll do something here at the house. We'll make dinner and, you know, have an evening uh, with each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Until I come on knocking. Um, <laughs> but tomorrow is our uh, 23rd wedding anniversary. And so uh, we have reservations tonight and uh, going out to dinner and we'll we'll celebrate our anniversary this evening. So, well, so a couple of questions here, sir. Yes, sir. So did you is Hallmark or is, is, is Valentine's Day a fake Hallmark greeting card holiday because you got married two days before and you don't want to have to buy two gifts in one week? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember saying when we got or shortly before we got married, I'm like, this is great. I'll only ever have to buy one gift. And immediately Suzanne disabused me of that notion. I mean, <laughs> immediately. In fact, she told me as we were you know, planning uh, our, our trip for our honeymoon, she's like, be sure to pack a Valentine's gift. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't fuck that up. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'll be right back. I left it at the house. Valentine's Day is a bogus made up greeting card holiday because I don't need a holiday to tell me to love my wife. That's why it's a bogus made-up greeting card holiday. I love my wife like it's Valentine's Day every day. I mean, I think that's like saying, I don't need a birthday to prove that I'm alive and on this planet. I can believe that every day. So screw birthdays. (laughs) I disagree with with your notion there with that comparison. I think you've established a false equivalency. I don't need to celebrate (laughs) Christmas to remind myself about the birth of of our Savior. I remember that every day. Screw Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a better analogy, Aaron? No, I, I think that the appropriate analogy is Paul's birthday. So. <laughs> What's wrong with what? my birthday? <laughs> what is I don't need Paul birthday? to have another birthday to know that he was existing. <laughs> I eat Paul every day. 
Yeah, I mean, you made it, you know, we are, you, you mentioned um, Valentine's Day going out on Valentine's Day. And let me clarify, we are not going out on Valentine's Day. We have in the past, but, um, you know, we grew up. So yeah. we, we are going out tonight, um, which as of this recording is February 11th, which is still a Saturday night, but we got reservations. Uh-huh. And yeah, the actual Valentine's Day, we'll just cook up something nice at home. Yeah. We have already exchanged our Valentine's Day gifts. Because okay. today is the uh, because today it's because we're observing Valentine's Day on February 11th. We already ex- I was like, oh, well, can I get my gift? <laughs> <laughs> so we did. Oh, yeah. She's so relaxed, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess because I'm the youngest one here. Um, I, I still like going out on the actual day. Uh, sure. Restaurants are crazy. It's a madhouse. Uh, I don't know. I just like celebrating holidays. Out, on the actual day they happen, but not not this year. My wife I, plays soccer Tuesday nights, so that between that and work and everything, we're not we're not doing anything on Tuesday. I tell you what, I've gotten to where I can't handle crowded restaurants anymore. I uh, we went out to dinner two weeks ago um, to this place called Esperanza out in Fort Worth, and fantastic food, and it was so loud and so crowded. I mean, like people were standing, you know, in the restaurant waiting for their table. And I was, I just felt like the walls were coming in on me. I, I did not care for that at all. At has all. it been worse? Has this been worse since say 2020? Have you yeah, found that you've had I, more I, of an I, issue? I think that's exactly it. Cause I'm like, I'm breathing their hair. Yeah. <laughs> their hair. Someone it's coughs not. in the distance. You're like, no. <laughs> it's not uncommon uh people especially if you already kind of were a little more di- di- weren't a huge fan of crowds to start with and then you spend a couple of years very much away from crowds uh it's kind of hard to go back to crowds yeah i, I just ooh, ooh, it was rough it's rough so i killed a couple of people and made some room <laughs> well that's just practical <laughs> paul how are you gonna be with the crowds uh, uh next weekend uh when you're watching the defenders uh play i'll be fine i'll be drunk now, which defenders is that? Is that like Stephen Strange and the Hulk oh, and Val? That would be exciting. Age and you know Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. Which it's which a, defenders? Oof, yeah, no, it's got to be the, the secret defenders is what it really needs to be. Um, yeah, real, <laughs> real quick, Luke Cage was part of the original defenders, but go on. <laughs> you know, Aaron. Uh, so I'm going, you know, to the launch of the XFL next weekend. So you won't you won't hear my uh, my voice on next weekend's podcast if we even have one which we probably won't um however uh you know the xfl kicks off next weekend i will be going to the sunday evening game uh, watching the dc defenders but aaron did you know you did know this because i've I, i've informed you but i'm reminding you because you probably didn't care <laughs> <laughs> you know because the xfl has been acquired by the rock uh, Dwayne right. Johnson and, and his ex-wife, um, Danny Garcia, are the uh, co-owners of it. And, yeah, probably some other investors. It is now headquartered in Arlington, Texas. I heard uh, that. Yeah. And so the season, the actual season opener game is Saturday, I think, 3 something, 3 p.m. Um, Eastern time in uh, in Arlington, Texas is when the actual first game of this new XFL is. Wow. Huh. Yeah. The Rock will appear. The Rock will be there. supposedly. Huh. So you should go. You should go say hi. That's Ask great. him to be on the podcast to be to be a friend That's of right. funny Well, you know, maybe he can do a, a, a an opener for us. You know? Yeah. Just start yeah, by telling to... him how much you enjoy Black Adams. Lead with that. Lead with that. Yeah, lead with that. <laughs> I mean, we, but he, that that would be honesty. Nothing would be. but pure yeah. honesty. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll wait for him there at the door. <laughs> yeah, that seems wise. 
Do that. <laughs> Go to you the know, back it, entrance, it, just it, knock it, on it, be like, hello, can, can I speak to Mr. Rock? With, with my MP3 recorder. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tell Aaron. I, I co-host a, uh, a a weekly comic book podcast. <laughs> we are uh, one of the few that gave a positive review to Black Adam. <laughs> if, I'd like Black to Adam was our, our, our voted our top movie of 2023, wasn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Uh huh. Top comic book movie. Let me clarify. Yeah. Was it really? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it was the okay. only one we actually enjoyed. Can I tell? Uh, you know, uh, Wakanda Forever finally hit Disney Plus, uh-huh. and so I fast forwarded to the end of the movie. You know, the portion that I walked out on, uh-huh. and boy, am I glad I walked out of that movie. <laughs> God, that was a terrible ending. It was so bad, uh. <laughs> so very bad. Oh, look, T'Challa fathered a child we didn't know anything about. It yeah. was a secret, Aaron. It was a secret. <laughs> Oh, and, and yeah. Andrew, I, I'm sorry. I was I was saying that our Black Adam was our it was not. It was a four way tie between Black Adam, League of Super Pets, Samaritan and some bonehead voted for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, that bonehead's <laughs> a good guy. That bonehead <laughs> knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but we can tell the rock. It's not like he's going to validate it. You know, he's probably a listener. Ooh, hey, yeah. Dwayne. Aaron <laughs> lives in Arlington. I feel like this is a love connection we need to make. Uh-huh. And Aaron, huge football fan. Oh, yeah. Huge. 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 <laughs> he has I mean, a jersey it's, it's, and everything. It's, it's like a reboot. It's like the first issue of the XFL is next Saturday in your hometown, Aaron. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You don't even it, – it's new reader friendly. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have to worry about all that uh, all that continuity. Oh, is that, that what you're saying? continuity. Yeah. 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 Just jump right in. Uh-huh. Great jumping on point. Yeah, I think I'm we've not... talked him into it, Paul. I think we've talked him into it. <laughs> I can feel yeah, it. I can I'm, feel it. I'm, I'm going to paint my face and everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Speaking of sports ball. Speaking yeah, of football. You know, it's funny. We're, we're talking about Black Adam and DC movies. We're talking about football. And, you know, we are recording this a day, a day before the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Philadelphia Eagles go and Chiefs. Phoenix and Arizona. Go Chiefs. Um, at Super Bowl, whatever. You know, I don't know the number. 57, maybe. 806. <laughs> It is not new reader friendly because um, they're still using the original numbering. That's yeah, right. Exactly. You got to reboot that shit. You they need to volume to this shit. <laughs> um, and so, you know, obviously tons and tons of uh, movie, you know, commercials are coming out during the Super Bowl this year. And, um, you know, one of the items that is going to be coming out it is a new flash. In fact, I think this might actually be the first actual trailer for the flash. Now that non teaser trailer, teaser trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there will be, you know, there's obviously there's fast 10 scream six, um, the new Adam driver versus dinosaurs movie, 65 new dungeons and dragons, Ooh. um, cocaine bear, what? <laughs> guardians of the galaxy volume three, I mean, all of these are, are confirmed to have trailers premiered during the Super Bowl. Did you say cocaine bear? Yeah, it's a true story about a bear that snorted that accidentally got into um, like a like a bag of cocaine and went in, on like a killing spree or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy bear. Yeah. yeah, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, of all people. I love Elizabeth Banks. Right. So cocaine bear it's a thing. I might have to check if he's directed. I might have to check it out. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, but I might check it out. So, uh, you know, before we get into the flash, I, I do want to note 
and uh, no one cares about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> so Ben Affleck is directing a new movie. Phantoms 2? I wish. All no, right. it's called Air. And it also has been, has got Ben Affleck. It's got Jason Bateman, Matt Damon, Viola Davis, um, a number of other people, Marlon Wayans. Um, and it is about the birth of the partnership between Nike and Michael Jordan. It's basically about the creation of the Air Jordan sneakers mm-hmm. that kind of brought both of them to the limelight. And it is directed by Ben Affleck as well. I saw the trailer the other day. I got to say that this might be my most anticipated movie of 2023. Even yeah, it it doesn't surprise me it being about shoes. <laughs> it Just is saying. about shoes and it's got Ben Affleck. <laughs> what else do I need? <laughs> the streams are crossing. The streams are crossing. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there will be, like we said, the first Flash trailer will be coming with the Super Bowl. I have heard that they did. They, they continue to reshoot this movie. Um, I have heard right. there, there are even more recent reshoots um, that will now, you know, I think in, in previous iterations of the movie, they they keep jumping. You know, they keep at one point it was left open with, you know, n- now we have got Supergirl. Now we've got Michael Keaton, Batman in the regular DC universe. And then they're like, OK, well, maybe not. Now we've got Batflick. <laughs> and now I hear recent reshoots have established that, like, none of that shit's happening. <laughs> um, they, they've removed all inst- all reference to what could come next from the end of the flash movie um, wasn't, wasn't like that confusion wasn't cavill supposed to show up in it at some point yeah cavill was supposed to show up in it at some point yeah. um you know what i'm hearing is all that stuff has has been removed because they don't want because there's a relaunch coming um that hasn't been cast or anything yet so they're just really gonna kind of put a capper on uh, the previous snyderverse with this flash movie i wonder I oh, go, ahead. go ahead no you go ahead I got this. This is going to be like one of the most Frankenstein movies uh, of all. It certainly time. feels like it. It's, uh, it's yeah. it seems like it would be an organic place, though, given what you know with the with the passing of the Snyderverse over to the James Gunniverse. Um, it seems like this would be a natural place to retire all of that. So I wonder if some of those reshoots don't have something to do with like capping it all off. Right. Like the destruction of the old multiverse yeah, and exactly. the, the moving to the new multi like yeah. he's like like uh Ezra's like Flashpoint from, did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm a little worried about Ezra too. Uh but we'll see. We'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean I, I I understand they're selling the movie, right? You know, so that's why James Gunn's out there going, I love this movie. You know. Uh and and I legitimately hope it's gonna be good because I plan to watch it, but I don't think they ought to plan on doing anything else with this Joker. You know. What's the uh, what's the over under on Aaron walking out halfway through the new flash? <sighs> man, <laughs> man, uh, I man. <laughs> I'm thinking it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good chance you're walking out. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I, if we weren't going to talk about it, I wouldn't be in no hurry to go see this movie when it finally hits the the, the screens. But because we'll we'll want to talk about it, I will go yeah. see it. Yeah. You know and, we uh, we haven't confirmed. Or denied. Uh, we haven't really talked about if anyone is actually seeing Ant-Man on opening weekend. Ant-Man opens this coming weekend. Yeah, I'll see it next weekend. I will probably see it next weekend. My wife I, actually asked me last night, hey, is Ant-Man out this weekend? And I was like, no, no, it's, it's next weekend. And so she's interested in seeing it. So I, I bet we'll go see it next week. I love yeah. the Ant-Man movies. I, you couldn't keep me away. I liked the first one. I did not care for the second one. But yeah, I, I, I will try to see. If I don't get a chance to see Ant-Man on Thursday or Friday, um, then it'll probably wait till after the weekend because I will be seeing the, the Defenders. Footballs. 
of defenders. Yeah. Well, maybe I can, I, you know, I can offer to buy Dwayne the Rock Johnson a ticket to go see, you know, the new Ant Man. Oh, yeah. you. Yeah. It could be a buddy day. And, and you, that's right. Funny books with with Aaron and DJ, and you guys can review Ant Man. Well, you know, with tickets being so expensive, he'd probably really appreciate you picking that up and the and the snacks. And I mean, that makes it worth that's it right. right there for him to go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Did you guys see that people, ticket thing? I know you guys don't go to the movies very often. I mean, you do the AMC period. ticket thing. Yeah. I heard about yeah, it. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that is. And so for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, AMC recently revealed that they would be instituting um, kind of theater type tiered pricing. Um, tier, tier pricing, right? So be- the best seats in the house will cost more than like the seats on the side or the seats in the back. Oh, right. I, I'm, 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 I, that's, that's some shenanigans right there. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's making it like a live concert venue where they're having uh, our sporting venue where it's going to be uh, tiered pricing based on location, which is definitely shenanigans. Um, by, by it's already means. a struggle to get me to a movie theater lately. It's got to be you know something that I'm like, especially because it feels. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm I'm I love movies. I love going to the movie theaters. But nowadays it feels like I go to the movie theaters and then two weeks later the damn thing's on uh-huh. Prime streaming somewhere. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well. Uh, unless it's a big screen movie or something that I have to see, like something with Ben Affleck and sneakers, um, <laughs> you know, I'll just wait. I'll just wait the few weeks. Well, by uh, all means, make your product less attractive to me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's make not it like difficult. it was in the 80s when, you know, our home televisions had resolutions that were measured uh-huh. in yeah, you yeah. Know, pitiful yeah. resolution with small screens and black and white at home, and you had to go to the theaters for good quality, uh, you know, entertainment. Uh, you, you, with what you home theater systems today are so good. Yeah, uh, it, it's hard, and thankfully we don't have an AMC here in town, so it doesn't really affect me directly. But it yeah. is ridiculous. AMC's yeah, the got, biggest game in town here. So. I've got you know a TV that I'm happy with that I you know I like the 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 uh, resolution on it. Uh, I've got good sound. I've got comfortable chairs, and I like my popcorn better than theirs. Uh, I'm just cheaper too. Uh, right? <laughs> see, that's that's where I yeah the popcorn because I do love me some movie theater popcorn. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still pretty good. Tell you, well. I I think my 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 popcorn at home is better. Just saying. What is your popcorn? Do you have some fancy popcorn? I got some. I got some schmancy popcorn. You don't mm-hmm. need to know my popcorn game. <laughs> well, I just gotta say before we move on past movie stuff, you know, I feel uh, I, I feel bad for for uh, Cavill. Uh, you know, he got obviously got misled by the previous regime, and now you know the new regime. Of course, you know, new decisions, new team. Uh, but you know, they could have kept him on. They could have gone a different yeah. direction. I know. I know James Gunn has this vision of um, a young Superman story, but that's a choice he made, and that choice yeah. resulted in in you know Cavill not getting to continue as Superman. So yeah. you know what it seems like to me, though, it seems like the kind of it seems like the kind of dickery that would actually happen to Superman. You know, he's <laughs> trusting, you know, he believes in people and then he gets rogered. No, that's uh, a Spider-Man dickery. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Screw that's him. that Parker luck. <laughs> well, I am, though, however, excited that he's going to be doing this new project uh, with uh, Amazon, I believe, within the Warhammer 40,000 universe. <laughs> oh, that's oh. right. That was announced when you weren't on the podcast. And oh we were like, God. yes, we dodged that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Uh, how excited I am uh, about him. And, you know, he might play Marnius Calgar. I don't know. He could play a bad and I don't know if he wants to be a good bad guy, good guy. I don't know. There's so many good roles for him uh, in the, the 40K universe. Um, I'm very, very excited about this. 
<laughs> Aaron's like words. <laughs> they are words. That's correct. I do hope that it's something that gets me into you know Warhammer because I always I enjoy the yeah. art. I just you know and I love the figures, but I just the neither the game nor the comic book or the I tried to read one of the novels once and I thought my my I was going to have an aneurysm. So uh, I will say for me to get into for me I find that for me to get into new science fiction. There has to be some element of fun to it because I feel oh. like I've seen enough dreary science fiction in my life mm-hmm. to to kill a an elephant, um, you know. But I, I don't think Warhammer has. I think Warhammer is no. more, you know, dour, um, dark. But you know, we'll see what the TV iteration brings. The the tagline for Warhammer 40k for as long as I think I've been uh, alive uh, has been in the grim darkness of the far future there's only war. It's not that's, not looking like a fun a fun that's environment. That's aesthetic. No, there's it's a rom com. It's a rom com <laughs> at the edges of space. You know, it really Lovely. goes well with that whole DCU vibe because uh, you know everything in 40k <laughs> is super dark. Like the light is just dark. Yeah, Karen Cavill went from one dark to another. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, because you mentioned James Gunn wanting to do the younger Superman, which is is interesting to me because so they they already announced that one there's this film called Superman Legacy, and when I hear Legacy, I think okay, well maybe it's Superman and Son, but yeah. it's a younger Superman, so I guess not. But and then they're also doing the Brave and the Bold. Which is an odd title for basically a Batman and Damian uh-huh. Wayne movie. Agreed. Um, and I, I'm assuming they are doing that and not calling it a Batman movie specifically to avoid confusion with the Batman. I think you're right. Um, now that being said, I, I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit saddened that we are going to see Batman and Damian Wayne on the screen, but we're not going to see John Kent mm-hmm. uh, simultaneously with Damian Wayne because I think that lends itself to. To great stories, um, you know, well, I've seen throughout the years. Yeah, and I think if, if you're if he's leaning into a younger Superman, the odds of you getting a John Kent anytime soon are, are limited. Yeah. So well, they, or perhaps maybe they're maybe I don't know. You know, he keeps saying young Superman. He doesn't say young Clark Kent. True. So, but then why wouldn't you keep Cavill? Well, because right. maybe Cavill's not old enough to have a teenage age son of John uh, Kent. No, he's told putting me. it out there. They, I mean, he's Superman. He ages at such a slow rate well, anyway. Well, then I don't yeah. know. I'm just trying to look hope. I'm just trying to look for some hope um, <laughs> well, instead I of can... a, yet another Superman origin story because I'm I'm a little tired of those. I Is that because you're getting a new Superman origin story in the pages of Superman, John Kent? Well, I don't think we're going to. I think you know what we are hearing is that um, Ultraman will be traveling through the multiverse. So uh, Adventures of Superman, John Kent is the new uh, series uh, coming through Dawn of DC, the new John Kent series uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by Clayton Henry. And um, it's announced that Ultraman is going through the multiverse, killing other versions of Superman, you know, kind of a story we've seen before with other characters. Um, However, it was announced this week, you know, Tom Taylor has been hinting for weeks. No one has guessed the secret. No one has guessed the secret. And um, of the book, uh, and they finally announced what the secret was to this book is that um, this will find John Kent in the Injustice universe. So we will we will see the actual introduction of the Injustice universe into the uh, the DC universe continuity. And it also isn't this also where John Kent gets his uh, Superman blue powers? Yeah, and he'll yeah. also get the Superman blue powers. Yeah. 
So, so how do you guys feel about this injustice thing? In un, injustice thing. I I like the idea. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know that I want to see a full on you know uh, Earth Zero versus the Injustice Universe. You know, at some point because that's going to happen. But uh, I mean, it, I, it could be their next cross. It could be their next big crossover event. But I think John, particularly given his history, is a good character to expose to all of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I like the idea of him being traumatized by what a terrible person uh, Superman is in that universe. Mm. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, obviously, I'm not reading a whole lot of DC, so it doesn't affect no. me on a, <laughs> a real time basis. But I do have DC Infinite, uh, which is how I read the book we're going to talk about next. Uh, so uh, I will be reading more DC stuff on a delayed fashion. So, well, I got I got to know what do you think of DC Infinite? So I download onto my phone, uh, and it's fine. Uh, you know, I've just oh, really I, all I've really done with this. I logged in. Uh, you know, I, I set up my my subscription plan, and then I started reading Super uh, Girl Woman of Tomorrow. So I haven't really gone a lot of exploring through like the Discover uh, apps. I haven't I haven't really kind of gone looking or just browsing to explore the the UI much. But uh, I mean, what I've I've experienced of it so far is fine. I don't think I've read a comic book on my phone since the very, very early days of comicsology, and I was reading Atomic Robo. Yeah, my my iPad is so old. I wasn't sure oh, <laughs> if it was important it. to do it yeah. the Infinite app, so yeah. I decided just to put it on my phone. I need to uh, update my iPad. It's it's it was like an Air Pro one or two. Oh so. wow! Uh, you know, I will say. You know, Aaron, you just mentioned Atomic Robo. Just a little side note. I miss reading Atomic Robo. Me too. Uh, I don't know if it's still available digitally or if they've just moved to the – I mean, it looks it like is. they're all it's, on Kindle. Yeah. Actually, they're all free on Kindle other than yeah. the newest book. Yep. So I guess I need to get caught up at some point. At some point in the future, probably not because I'm can, way behind. We'll have an Atomic Robo podcast. Can I, I say I, yeah. I feel the same way about Injustice? I dropped off of that at some point, and I'm like, I don't even know where to jump back in. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> feel know? like I would probably have to restart Atomic Robo uh-huh. to, to actually feel like, okay, like I, I could probably jump in where I ended, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't remember all the characters or, and they, you know, they did at some point establish a regular continuity with his own BPRD kind of group yeah. and stuff like his, that. His action scientist at Tesla Dine. Yeah. Tesla Dine. Yeah. See, it's been yeah. so long, but you yeah. know, um, the nice thing though about Atomic Robos, those read fast. They are they are yeah. quick reads. Yeah, it exactly. does not it does not it is not a slog. It does not take you a super long time to get caught up to probably when we all around the time we all dropped off reading. Yeah. So and I I think that's a nice segue into Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, the the comic that we're gonna talk about today. Uh, we all decided that we would uh read this graphic novel the the eight issue collection of the supergirl story by tom king because it is the book that apparently the new supergirl movie will be based on that james gunn is uh helming uh through his um you know dc films project uh, and tom king is a member of that writer's room which i, I think is pretty exciting um, this is a book that I read when it first came out. And when I say book, I read the first issue when it first came out and I enjoyed the, the book, but it was, I, it was a big transition for me, uh, reading the rest of my weekly comics to coming back into that because it is so narrative heavy. You know, there's it a is. lot, of, there is a lot of 
a person's telling you what's going on. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know. There, there's a, there's a certain tone shift, uh, from my regular everyday comic book reading, which is great, except that it just wasn't anything that I was, you know, able to on a regular basis flip over. So I was like, Oh, I'll read it later. And I just never got back to it. And so I, I really welcomed this opportunity to jump back in uh, and talk to you guys because, you know, uh, Wayne hated this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I did not care for the first issue very much when it came out either. So, I mean, clearly, even a narrative heavy book, I just didn't even bother with issue two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I definitely, you know, because of the Tom King um, you know, correlation and the James Gunn stuff. And, you know, basically now the book is selling out everywhere because it was announced that the movie iteration was going to be based on it. I was like, you know what? And because this was a shitty week of, re- of new releases. Oh my God. I mean, uh, <laughs> I bought a book this week. Yeah. We were like, okay, this might be a good time for us to take an opportunity and get caught up on this or read this thing. Cause now it's, you know, all collected in trade and we got Andrew to read a DC book. Well, since it's been out for a while, I was able to access it through the Infinite app. And actually, to, to be honest, I thought about just buying it in, in physical copy. And I went by uh, Barnes & Noble in my local comic book shop, and neither of them had this uh, on their shelves. See? Uh, so and to get through the, the DC Infinite app. And yeah, it is it is a lot of text. Uh, it's some beautiful art, but there is a lot of, of exposition throughout these mm-hmm. eight issues of, of Supergirl. I found that, that that did change over time. And I, I don't I, I the, the first two issues, the first half is definitely more narrative heavy for me, I felt, than the second half. I mean, I'd say issues, what, seven and eight probably have the least amount. They have the mo- most action, least amount of talking. But even yeah. then, like when uh, Ruthie is dueling on the beach, there's a lot of talk. It's not like they're just fighting quietly or silently, right? Yeah, more than there's your a, average book, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of talking, uh, which isn't bad. It just, uh, it's just different, you know. And, and I can understand a little bit why Wayne – because didn't Wayne really dislike the premise of the first issue about why Supergirl was on this planet in the first place? Right. Yeah. You know, so as we see, as we are introduced to Supergirl in this series, she is on um, an alien planet and she has gone there because she has turned 21 and the red sun will allow her to get drunk. And so when we first see Supergirl, she's she's a little blotto. A lot herself. A lot blotto. Yeah. Yeah. By herself, which is the odd an odd choice there. So, you know, we 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 see her sitting in a tavern and, and really the setup on this book, we have seen Superman be the Conan of his story in the past, right? He's gone to War World and been the gladiator and, you know, just very almost sort of swords and sorcery. But we've really never seen that with Supergirl. And that's really what this book does is it puts her in that fantasy setting, not aping the story that Superman has had in the past, but telling it from a, a particular a particular Supergirl sort of fashion. And what it does is it brings together Supergirl with this young woman whose father has been murdered and she is on a vengeance quest to find somebody strong enough to uh, kill, uh, kill the man who killed her father, not wow. bring him to justice, but to you know kill the man who killed her father. And so she tries to hire this, you know, Bounty hunter. Conan looking guy in the tavern and that doesn't quite work out. And the guy's like, I'll just steal your sword. And that's, that's not when- quite true. It's not quite right. 
she wanted to hire someone to help her kill him, and then he was going to go off and kill him. She he was going to leave her behind, right? Take the sword and go kill this this crim of the of the crim of the Yellow Hills uh, by himself, and then come back and tell her about it. And she didn't want that. She wanted to be part of it. She didn't want to be a passive person right. in the story. She wanted to be. In the hunt, she wanted to be there when this person was killed. I think she really – I'd have to go back and check. I think she wanted to be the one to kill him. So, you know, Supergirl st- – because the deal is is if you, you know, if you help me kill Krem, right, I'm going to give mm-hmm. you this great sword right. that was used to murder her father and that for whatever reason Krem left behind. Um and the guy's like, well, that is a pretty good sword. I tell you what, I'm going to go kill the guy. I'm going to leave you here, and I'm going to go ahead and take this sword. And she disagrees with that. Uh, you know, she's no, no, that's not the deal. I didn't offer. Yeah, this isn't a negotiation. This is what the deal is. And if you don't like it, leave. And he's like, yeah, okay. Well, I'm just going to take the sword. So Supergirl steps in, and that's how the two of these pe- how the two of these people meet. And the narration is from Ruthie's point of view, the girl that essentially hires Supergirl. To help her kill Krem, the the person who who murdered her father, and I think there are two things I think that that Wayne particularly disliked about this first issue, and it is that it appears that Crypto is killed or is close to death, badly hurt. Yeah, and two, there is a comment at the end of the book that you know you know. The journey, I, I think the, the words are something like, you know, and then Supergirl joined me on the journey where she kills Krem, you know, yeah. where Supergirl kills Krem. And, you know, of course, you know, the super family doesn't kill. That's always been our always been the standard by which we've uh, we've read super books. And I think that also alienated Wayne from this. So he was hard out. I very much enjoyed the first issue uh, when I read it. And what I particularly responded to was not just Tom King's writing, which I think is he, he's writing at the top of his game here. I think he's, he's doing some of his best work, but also I responded to the art because it is very much in that Prince Valiant style it is very much, you know, a, a, a sword and sorcery sort of fantasy, uh, uh, Sort of, you know, a a a castle crusade sort of uh, art style. I just really love it. I mean, just even the up tilt of uh, Supergirl's nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there everything about the illustration in this book, and all the way through, is just gorgeous. It is a gorgeous book, uh, yeah. and and you know, there are so many alien civilizations we see throughout this, and there's so mm-hmm. many different kinds of. Uh, uh, you know, low you know, everything from low fantasy to high technology that gets drawn. You know, spaceships get drawn, horses get drawn. Uh, it's really kind of a huge gamut of of art that that they put on the 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 page, and it all looks great. It, it yeah. looks phenomenal. Well, and I, I I what I find really interesting and satisfying about uh, the way Supergirl is depicted here is that she is drawn in such a regal manner and yet her language is so coarse right i mean she has got a she has got a trash mouth and i kind of love it and i where it really hits for me is when there she's on the planet of the kryptonite sun and she's talking about how uh this was a, a planet that was made to uh trap and kill superman 
and you know how it very nearly killed him and you know he wasn't on the planet he was on the planet and you know eventually the justice league had to come and save him and you know <laughs> ruthie asked her well how long what how long was he on the planet before you know the, the justice league came and got him and she's like 45 minutes yep <laughs> how long do we have to wait till the sun goes down Oh, ten about hours. 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is the I mean, I laughed out loud, guys. I laughed out loud. And I'm going to yeah. I'm going to find the panel. Uh, where is it? Uh, she says uh, she's waking up. You know, the sun has just gone down. The great big monsters coming to, you know, eat Ruthie and Supergirl and Supergirl's just barely coming out of her coma like sleep. And she's like 45 minutes. <laughs> and she cold cocks the big dinosaur thing and she's like what a little bitch <laughs> yeah I, you know i i do not i'm not a regular supergirl reader is she usually this foul mouthed and in, in the normal so. no. you don't think so okay no, i don't think so yeah she I, uh especially when you contrast it with ruthie who uses kind of almost like a a old english mennonite type type way of speaking with lots of words very big yep. words uh, it is very, very contrasted with Supergirl's girl's constant swearing. It is. It, I, I really love the, the the contrast there, and I, I particularly very much enjoy the journey through the galaxy with mm-hmm. these two characters and the harsh circumstances in which they find people and. You know how they go, they come to the one planet and all these people seem so nice, but right under the surface we find out that they had supported the genocide of uh, of uh, you know part of their population. Yep. And, and the I purples. mean, it, yeah, the purples. And I mean, it's just it's heartbreaking it when is. you're. I, I I I really responded to that. I was like, oh my god, yeah. it, it just it 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 grabbed me. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of this type of storytelling is that that kind of thing sneaks up on you. Well, and, you know, one of the things that struck me as so, again, you know, because because of what this book being so popular now, I'm, I'm so glad we revisited this book because yeah. it struck me about halfway through that this is Tom King doing for Supergirl uh-huh. the same thing that he had done for Superman in that Walmart up, up and away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, series you know that it was all like one shots but one larger story like in that one it was superman traveling across the galaxy to find a boy who had been kidnapped right but you know in these you know still done in like these short stories um this short story format and this is very much the same until you get to like the last two issues it's still very much like here's the story of this planet here's the story of this planet like um but in in those tales there's so much heart and so much core of those characters um you know for and i'm sorry that wayne didn't revisit the book because yes supergirl in the first issue and she stays foul mouth throughout the entire series but you see you see the core of supergirl Mm -hmm. so many times throughout this iteration that it struck me in the same way that superman up up and away did that wow okay you know this is this is very much a, a quintessential Supergirl story, even though it may not have started as such. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I thought I, I am. I, I really, really enjoyed this book. I think this is probably the best Supergirl story I've seen. And God, Paul, 30 years. 
Yeah, you're probably I, right. I, I think that because I, I frequently feel like we've gotten the, you know, Supergirl as angry teenager stories, which, you know, uh, were big during the Superman Batman run. You know, that, that I'm trying to remember the, the guy's name. Um, damn, I can't remember his name who was writing those. But, you know, it was uh, Michael Turner was doing the art. Uh, oh, so, the Jeff Loeb stuff. Thank you, Jeff Loeb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so and that was really sort of the imprint of of Supergirl for a while. I really think that she was mis miswritten during New Fifty Two, uh, but I mean, there just really hasn't been a I, honestly, I don't think there has been a strong Supergirl as hero depiction since crisis since before since crisis on the infinite earth since she you know sacrificed herself yeah, in crisis you're probably right everything else has been uh supergirl either kara or linda danvers um uh, you know when peter david was writing or you know being sort of a broken character uh, there was a decent iteration of supergirl um a few years back that wayne and i read and it i don't remember the writer of it uh scott Libdell. No, so it was one where like the Silver Swan was involved and all that. Yeah, I think it was a writer who was known for just writing young female characters at the time. Um, I'll, I'll, I don't I, the, great podcasting here because I don't remember the name, <laughs> you know. But I brought it up. But yeah, there was there was a run that I, I think Wayne and I really did care for, um, written by someone who know, wrote for CW shows or something like that. And if I can think of the name, I'll. Sounds. I remember Wayne really liked because she had a really strong supporting cast. Yeah. Um, and it was and post, and it was right after. It might have been the New Fifty Two iteration. Um, I don't, but it was right after that. That Jeff Loeb, um, you know, um, Michael Turner. It was that that iteration of Supergirl that I'm referring to. Well, I mean, I, I have not read a lot of Supergirl, uh, especially recently, but uh, I did really enjoy this. Uh, there, you know. It's a little bit of a, a downer, not in a good way, but you yeah. know, when they're on the on the chase and it's just going from one atrocity to another atrocity, yeah. and it's it, horrifying. It's, right? it's emotionally it, it, the atrocities that the you know Clem the the of the Yellow Hills or Creme of the Yellow Hills. Creme of the Yellow Hills, yeah, is a, a king horrible, horrible person. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, and then, then the the people he hooks up with are are worse, uh, or at least as bad. So, uh, yeah, it's so it's like emotionally draining when they're on the hunt, but it's kind of good. It almost makes you feel like you're there with them on this kind of grinding journey, trying right. to catch up to these horrible people, uh, and you you kind of kind of have some empathy uh, with Ruthie and and Supergirl. Uh, but you know, uh, Comet the Super Horse shows mm -hmm. up. Yeah, and, and great great addition. Well, and I, when when Comet shows up, I'm like, I don't know about this. This might not. This might be where I've got to hop off because you know I've never, won you over though, didn't it? Did absolutely. And yeah. the re the resolution of that, no spoilers here. Yeah. Uh, I I just I was like, oh my god. I mean, it just hit me in the chest. It I, this book is so full of feels. I, I think that it is incredible how much emotion Tom King is able to to evoke with the characters in this book. Um, yeah. I just, I, it snuck up on me. Um, I think it really benefits from being collected. Uh, I think yes. I would have had a hard yes. time reading this month over month. Cause okay. I, I was able to stay in the moment, uh, reading through the entire thing. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I reached out to our, to our library friends, uh, Scotty Bonner. And I said, Hey, if you don't already have this at your library, you ought to get it. And he's like, done, ordered. <laughs> <laughs>
it is a really it's a really good uh, story. And of course, we're all all guys, but I, you know, be curious to see how how you know female readers take to it because you know it's a very like you said, it's a very strong depiction of Supergirl and Ruthie. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ruthie's sort of the secret weapon in this book, right? I mean, I mean, I, it's her. It was her determination to leave home, leave her brothers behind, and and it was search out for her father's killer. Yeah, uh, but long before you know, Supergirl showed up on the page. Uh, that Ruthie was making choices and and changing the world around her. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it it is very much a you know a uh, a buddy story, mm-hmm. and I love that it's just it's it's too powerful female characters uh who aren't aren't you know they're not taking any shit throughout the book and i love it i just i really do love this book i do too and i I, you know it is i think it was only ten dollars for the collected edition on comiXology or if you're a dc universe infinite fan or 774 a month yeah, seven seventy four a month. You can pay for one month and read the book. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a DC Universe Infinite fan uh, subscriber, so I paid the ten bucks. But it, it's eight issues, and it's like we said, narrative heavy. Um, you know, in in, in parts of it for sure. Uh, it's it, it, you get your money's worth. Yes, um, and it's, it's a good way. You know, sometimes yeah, you read narrative way. and you get bored and you, your uh-huh. attention starts to wander. This is not that for me. This this uh, there was a lot to read, but it kept my attention. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we recommend it. Funny books yeah, recommend absolutely. it. Absolutely. Three thumbs up. Uh, mm-hmm. Six. Six thumbs up. <laughs> six thumbs up. <laughs> hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week is a bit of a light week in comic releases. Um, but what's interesting is, did we know? That there is a DC Black Label Swamp Thing book written by Jeff Lemire with art by Doug Mankey? No. I don't believe that, that I did. I didn't either, but apparently the second issue comes out next huh. week. So I'm going to have to catch up on the first issue. It's Swamp Thing Green Hell. Um, DC Black Label, Jeff Lemire, Doug Mankey. I mean, superstar talent right there. Huh. Um, so I might have to check that out. Um, also from DC Comics, we get the first edition of Worlds Collide Icon versus Hardware. Ooh, I'm uh, down for that. So that that may be worth checking out. Yeah, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. You know, some some new issues of some of the standard comics like Spider Man and stuff like that release, but those are the two big releases that that I'm aware of for next week. Very exciting. Well, hey, we want to know what you're doing for Valentine's Day. Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, hey, Paul, you enjoy yourself at that XFL. You too. You have and a good. I, you have a good time at yours. Yeah, and uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and I will take a selfie and send it. Yes, yeah, tell tell you, give him our best. See if uh, see if he'll record a little uh, you know little blurb for you. Yeah, a little yeah. bumper. Uh, little yeah. bumper. Yeah. Yeah. On it. <laughs> I mean, you're taking the movies. I feel it's the least he can do. I right. Right. I mean, I'm gonna buy him the big popcorn and the big coke. And the uh, premium seats. The crazy thing is, I just oh, no, no, we're not going to AMC. We're not going to AMC. <laughs> I imagine one of those huge, you know, uh, movie theater sodas is just going to look tiny in his hands. That's so right. Big. right. Can't wait. Send and then he and I are going to go do squats together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear plurals there, Aaron. You sure that's not a singular? Well, he's gonna, <laughs> one and one makes two. So that's right. there that's you right. go. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye, guys. guys. 
podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Thank you.